When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talking Knicks. We're back. Not much has happened, but we're back to talk about the Knicks. So, hey, let's talk Knicks. Welcome, 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 welcome. So, I'm here with my brother Kenny and Tom. We're going to talk about the Knicks. Not much has been going on. We hired Mike Woodson. As an assistant, brought him back to have some fun. He was uh, he was around during our glory days, or, or glory day, if you will. Uh, then the Knicks, there's been rumors we're going to hire some developmental coaches, which, you know, just sounds like a good idea. I, I don't There's not much substance to it, but it just, just sounds like a good idea. But before we get into that, we'll, we'll see how Kenny and Tom are doing. So we'll start with you, Tom. Tom, how's it going? Hey, guys. Well, as you know... Uh, I'm doing okay. I, I saw both of you just a few short hours ago. We actually, we actually did a little hooping ourselves. We we shot some hoops in Stratford, Connecticut. Had a nice time. Um, just the three of us, so no like real no like real games took place, but a lot of uh, competitive shooting games, horse things of that nature. Um, that was fun. I was telling you guys, I'm I'm actually like in a fair amount of physical pain. Because as, as anyone who's listened to the show before knows, I've been getting into climbing, my wife and I, big into rock climbing. And uh, so for the first time yesterday, Rose tried to uh, belay me. So like usually we have like what? What auto- does that mean? What does that mean for the listeners, Tom? So it means like she's basically in charge of my life. Um, she, she's in charge of the ropes and, and making sure that I am caught if and when I fall. Um, and so, yeah, I, she, she blamed me for the first time. And I got to say, the first time it went fairly well on the first route up. I got almost to the top of the wall and I did fall and she caught me, which is very fortunate because I was, you know, it wasn't like that high up. I was probably like 30 feet off the ground. But uh, the next time I wanted to go again and I, I didn't realize how tired I was. So I start up the wall and about eight feet off the ground, I just slip and fall and my my lovely wife was not prepared for that and i fell to the ground with just the my full weight hitting the floor and everyone in the gym turned to look just like is someone dead like what <laughs> it was that loud and my neck like snapped and like i i heard my neck snap and i'm dealing with some pretty vicious whiplash today which is why i didn't win much of the basketball shooting contest we had today i think so eight um, feet up means like your feet are eight feet up i assume because you're six feet tall we're not, we're not saying you were two feet up. <laughs> i was not two feet <laughs> off the ground <laughs> okay no i would say my, my feet were probably cl- close to eight feet off uh, which is not very high like you know if you're doing a bouldering wall you kind of like that's about how high you go and you prepare to fall from that distance the problem was i wasn't prepared i was ready to be caught and uh and i'm sure if, if rose were here she would defend herself but Facts She's are not facts. Here. I, I, I hit that ground pretty hard, and everyone knew yeah. it. Everyone heard it. So, uh, She's not here, and we'll never hear her side of the story on this podcast because she's not a member of the pod. So that's 
True, That's her fault. She is downstairs, and she usually can hear everything we talk about on this <laughs> podcast, though. So I'm sure I'll, I'll get some stern words after that. But uh, beyond that, guys, I'm doing well. How, how are we're you guys? Gonna, I'm going to say we're going to be in for an interesting voicemail episode one day when Rose calls in. And <laughs> she will have quite a, quite a bit to say, I'm sure. So, Kenny, how are you? How are you doing? I also saw you twice. More, I saw you more than I saw Tom. Yeah, I was uh, before we jump into the into um, my time. I'm gonna piggyback on Tom's uh, rock climbing story because I think the last time we talked about rock climbing might have been uh, the post Christmas episode, and Tom told us that he got climbing chalk from uh, as a Christmas gift, and I I was joking around asking him if that was a good gift and like poking a little fun at it, but in a, in a fun way. And uh, the next time I saw Tom's brother in law. Rose's Rose's brother Eric um, yep. he, Eric he he said that that was the only episode he ever listened to and he was the one who got them the chalk so he uh, uh, he took it in good stride I don't know if he felt a little slighted I certainly felt awkward about making fun of the gift we lost a I listener get, that day for sure yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean I've said it before but we're gonna be in for a very interesting voicemail pod when it when it gets to it Eric and Rose are just going to flood flood this thing. But we may have lost a couple of listeners with all the rock climbing talk. Because <laughs> I will say, the last time I brought it up was not the Chris. I bring it up like every week. Everyone's like, "Shut up about the rock climbing." But I do. It's like all I've been do- all I've been doing during the the pandemic is putting There's on a, a pandemic. Mask and- yes, <laughs> and oh just climbing goodness. a bit. So. Uh yeah, but yeah, we we played some basketball today. Um, I think we played we played a few games, and I feel pretty good about my performance in the shooting games i think i won i won three of five per, perhaps so we like played that. we played horse and then we played one on the board but one on the board i guess isn't like a, a known game for a lot of people i know i've only known it because my cousins told me how to play it but that's a good game so kenny go ahead and tell the listeners how to play one on the board for so their future the basketball playing I don't, and one of you, while I'm doing this, maybe Tom, you can you can Google and see if it's an actual thing that other people know about. I assume it is because it's a game that we've played, but it's uh, it's a shooting game. Everyone's shooting threes. Uh, if you make a three, that's one on the board, and then the next person goes, and if they make a three, that's two on the board, and if then the next person goes, and if they miss, they get whatever whatever's on the board they get. Um, and so it gradually builds up and more pressure, more pressure shots. And you play to whatever you want. We played to, to 11 today, but the big kicker, particularly playing outdoors today, we had a little bit of wind is, uh, air balls count as five. And in a game to 11, that was the determining factor in every game. I think every game we played that three times and each of the three times it ended with someone airballing a shot. Yeah. That doesn't say much for our our credibility as like basketball players or analysts that we airballed so often. But I mean, look, I haven't shot a basketball this entire time. Like during the whole COVID thing, that was the first time I've shot. Like it was not pretty, but plus, yeah. I mean, we were also outside and we were playing with two very different basketballs and yeah. <laughs> with the three man rotation, you're shooting a different basketball every, every other shot. Yeah. yeah. One was so, definitely heavier than the other. One was like grippier than the other. It was a, uh, it was a whole and, thing. Yeah, so we'll blame the basketballs and the weather. Yeah. 
And and because one of the balls was lighter, I feel like and there there was a strong wind every now and then. There were some gusts of winds, and I feel like that that could have caused a few of the air balls. I'm not gonna blame Mother Nature for for everything. It's been a, a few years since since a lot of us have played competitive basketball, but it's uh it it it's a fun game. So get out there and play it. If yeah, you, that's uh, a really fun game. I hadn't played it growing up, but that's definitely a good one uh, for, for three point shooters. And I think we can all agree that the the most exciting time of the afternoon was when we went to the shorter hoop and started trying to dunk. I think Yeah, that was exciting for Tom as the 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 hoppiest of us at uh, this stage in our lives. I got to say I'm still riding high on that, guys. I haven't like thrown down. I mean, the, the hoop was for the listeners, it was probably like 9 foot 5, 9 foot 6. I I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt say 9 6 to 9 7 8. But I think range. we Tom measured it ish with his jumping ability and it was yeah, about 6 inches different. Not an exact science, but it, yeah, it's probably about nine six, and uh, yeah, I, I was able to get off some good dunks, had some good alley oops from Greg. That was uh, that was the yeah, most I've jumped in a while. It was a lot of fun. That's another fun fact for the people, you know. If you can catch an alley oop, is easier than just trying to dunk it on your own. A one handed alley oop. Greg's so, a very good alley oop thrower. You said that, that was something you did a lot in high school. FYI. Just during practice, at the end, when we were all trying to see if we could dunk, you just have someone stand like right next to the hoop and just throw the ball right in front of the rim, and the person would basically just try to dunk it. I mean, it counts as a dunk just the same as, as running up and dunking it. So yeah. I mean, it, makes me, did. it makes me want to like actually try and improve my vertical leap and, and dunk on a real legitimate 10-foot hoop. Like It, it was that satisfying a feeling. To but do it on a I, nine six nine yeah, seven, it felt great. Like yeah. I, I came home and was like bragging about it to my wife, and <laughs> now I continue to do it on a podcast. So yeah, sure, um, we're having fun. fun. Tom, did you ever in our in our high school days? I think you said you got a couple down, right? I did, and but they were always like kind of eking them over the rim, sort of thing. Like I don't know, and and then there'd be rumors like, oh, that hoop was only nine ten, nine eleven, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I say, I, like, I got a couple down in my day, but, you know, what's it mean now? Yeah, and I'll say, for, for again, for the listeners, uh, I first touched the rim in eighth grade, and then I stopped growing, and I had bad knees, so it was all downhill from there. Like, I, I was never a, a athleticism guy. I was I was the defense and shooting, so I, I never really, you know, climbed that mountain, so to speak. Yeah, I'm sure you guys will... Hear a lot more about Kenny and Tom's high school careers throughout this podcast. <laughs> but let's, a lot let's move on today, to the so Knicks, I guess. So it'll be big. Like I said, the Knicks hired Mike Woodson, brought him back. Mike Woodson coached the Knicks for two plus seasons. So he he replaced D'Antoni in 2011-2012. D'Antoni went 18 and 24. Woodson took over, went 18 and six, which is a lot better than 18 and 24. So we're riding that high. Woodson goes off the 18-6 and six to the one good season the Knicks have had in a long time. They go to the two seed in 2012-2013, going 54-28. and 28. If I recall correctly, I think they started that season like 17-2. and two. Then, uh, then they entered the playoffs really hot as well. They beat the Celtics in a six-game series, I want to say. Uh, probably would have swept him if J.R. Smith didn't decide to just elbow Jason Terry in the face, but who cares? You know, we 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 got the the series victory we needed. We lost to the Pacers in a a decent six game series, but that's I mean, 
That's the Knicks. That's that's our peak. Is losing in the second round. We rehired the guy who did it. But in the next season, Woodson's final season, he went from fifty-four and twenty-eight. The Knicks go thirty-seven and forty-five. Missed the playoffs by a game. Which I mean, do you even want to make the playoffs if you're thirty-eight and forty-four? Who knows? Um, probably not. I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter at that point. It's more four games of TV to watch. Um, but you know. During that offseason prior, the Knicks had uh, tried to upgrade the the 54 and 28 team, and in doing so, they traded for Andrea Bargnani and traded away Steve Novak, and 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 it just everything went badly. And then everyone started turning on uh, Woodson because he would question the effort of the players, and then everything just went terribly wrong. And that's where we are today. It's 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 been going terribly wrong since then. <laughs> it's continued. And now Woodson is back, but now he's the the backup. I mean, not the backup, the the assistant coach. So what do you guys think of this hire? I mean, well, obviously, and he doesn't have like a, an official title yet, though, does he? Like, has, there hasn't been like a formal announcement yet. Is that right? That's correct. As yeah, as of yesterday. As of yesterday, I was talking to uh, to my law school roommate, and um, he pointed out that that was. That was the case. Um, that the the announcement was that he's joining the team in some capacity, not necessarily as a coach, although that's what I'd have to assume, right? Yeah, yeah I, I guess think you have to assume that. I guess I've strongly assumed that. I mean, because the rumors were that he he was going to join as coach, and then there was the rumors that he was joining. So I guess I just took the second rumor and the first rumor and combined them into one. And this Talking Knicks episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Hey, Jake's back here, and we're talking DraftKings, people. They have partnered with us at John Boy Media all throughout, especially because basketball is back. The NBA is here. That's why you're listening to Talking Knicks, folks, along with a bunch of other stuff. Baseball, golf, soccer, UFC, NHL, NFL. And by the way, DraftKings has legal sports betting now. That's right, a sports book here in the U.S. You can rest assured your funds are totally secure. DraftKings is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Is that good? Yup. Safe, secure, and reliable. We've got NBA promotions running this week. Go to DraftKings and check those out new users get a sign up bo- bonus of $1000 that's good we've also got golf mlb mma and more head to the app right now check out all they have to offer including some player props like that live betting so much more if sportsbook is not yet available in your state don't forget about the DraftKings fantasy app for this weekend's golf tournament they are offering a share of 1 million dollars download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code JOMBOY when you sign up for a limited time all new users can get a sign up bonus of $1000 that's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of $1,000. Just enter code JOMBOY when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, NJ, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So what do you guys think? Uh, I'll hop in first because I have some thoughts, and I think Greg did a, a pretty good recap of his first tenure in the Knicks. Um, 
And the first point I want to jump on is kind of something that you guys mentioned in the last pod is that uh, Tibbs is, during his last few years, was statistically the worst three-point shooting coach in terms of attempts per game. Uh, And one thing about Woodson is he was always the defensive coach. He was like the defensive assistant for D'Antoni. And um, so they had a solid defense in those years, but also they were kind of the one of the pioneers in the three-point, like the excessive three-point shooting. They've really started going for it under D'Antoni, and then Woodson just kept going with that offense and you know revitalized the defense. And so his the his two years there, I think the the year that they were they won fifty two games or whatever it was, they were number one in uh, three point attempts. And then I think the following year they fell down to to like three or four, but they shot a lot of threes those years. And I'm I'm hoping that that kind of translates and, you know, Woodson brings that uh, he's, you know, known as a defensive coach, a lot like Tibbs, but I hope he brings that, you know, offensive scheme back to the garden just because like you guys mentioned, uh, we got to modernize the offense Tibbs. I don't, I just don't, you know, trust, uh, you know, the, the Tibbs numbers of him just not launching threes like everyone is today. So it would be good to see. Yeah, that's fair. And, and in 2014, J.R. Smith set the record for three-point attempts with 22 three-point attempts in a game for the Knicks. So, I mean, Spiked. I don't think Tibbs wasn't given that kind of free reign uh, and the Timberwolves. He probably wasn't letting the team shoot 22 in a game. So that that, that was the free-for-all we had going with Tib- with uh, Woodson back in the day. Tom, what, do, what are you thinking about this? Yeah, so I'm looking at like what he's kind of done recently, and so he he's been the assistant coach for the Clippers since the 2014-15 season, which is a good long time. Like he was a coach during the during the Lob City years, and I'm even seeing that in 2014-15, his first year in LA, that the Clippers were the number one offense in the whole league, which that bodes well. And just going through year by year here, the next season they were eighth in 2015-16 and like it seems like just going through these they were consistently in the top 10 the next season uh they were fifth so like granted the clippers players were were significantly better than than what the knicks will be trotting out but you know those clippers teams they had a distinct offensive identity granted they also had like the best point guard in the league at those times but um, we could have that same point guard soon could have the same point guard, but I will make the comparison between Mitchell Robinson being such a well-utilized lob threat, um, or DeAndre Jordan in Los Angeles to Mitchell Robinson. Um, I think there are some parallels there, and you, I don't know. You just you hope that Woodson can can maximize what the Knicks do have. It won't be any top ten offenses, but just kind of you know he's proven that he can be a part of those sorts of teams. Yeah, and. Uh to go, to go off what you guys are saying, like we don't really even know what the Knicks will have. It's very much up in the air. They got some players who are coming back we know of. I mean, Frank, I assume, will be on the team. Knox is like 90%, I bet, he's on the team. But you could see the Knicks pulling off a trade with, with Knox if I, they had I feel to. like – But I don't I mean, think they will. But you could yeah. – if, if they did, you wouldn't be like, I didn't see that coming. No way. I didn't think he was untouchable. I mean, I feel like he is the kind of guy who could get thrown into a trade. I don't think they're going to specifically like yeah, exactly. trade him just because 
yeah. he, he's at the lowest point of his possible value. So like they're not going to be like, oh, we'll trade you Knox straight up for something. But if a deal comes along and it's like, oh, maybe we'll throw in Knox for for salary cap or because they want a young a young guy for a second chance, then that's how he ends up on a in a trade. Yeah, yeah. And so going on, we you know Frank Mitchell Robinson Barrett. Um. Is there any other guaranteed people? I mean, Knox is going to be on the team next year. We're just saying. It, Randall, Randall will be on the team. <laughs> Randall probably. Uh, you could also see him getting traded. I've been predicting a, a Randall for Gorgie Jang trade. Just, you know, just looking at salary, going through the league of people who would make sense to trade. And Dang for Julius Randall makes sense for the Grizzlies and the Knicks possibly. But that's only the Knicks just like – don't want Julius Randle on the team, but they'll probably want him on the team just because Tibbs is going to give him a, a second chance to see if he can be the lead guy for 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 a year and see what he can bring, or if he could be the second guy to RJ Barrett even this year. I mean, yeah, and I think the the other guys that you guys have mentioned, I think you said Taj Gibson, we probably pencil in, right? And then uh, Reggie Bullock, I think he, he the the Knicks like him, so I think he'll they'll they'll pick him up again. Yep, and he's on that contract for uh, yeah. the hurt back contract, which is yeah. a good deal for the Knicks. He hurt his back and decided to take a seventy-five percent pay cut. And I think a hundred. Uh, so going to that point, a hundred percent chance the Knicks pick that up, and then they can trade him to a contender if if it comes to that. And like just because he's on such a cheap contract, it'll be easy to make a flip. Yeah. I mean, then, and then from there, I mean, that's only like six or seven people we're talking about. And, uh, I mean, you know, the Knicks have their own pick, which will be top, you know, 10. Knicks are, what, the seventh or seventh? or f- No, they're like fourth or fifth worst team. Yeah. 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 I think they're, I, I thought it was fifth, but it could be fourth. I'll, let me check NBA lottery. Yeah. Because yeah, I know that last get day when we beat the Hawks, we dropped past the Hawks and the Pistons. So that was like the worst case scenario for us we dropped two spots in a meaningless game i think we might have dropped three spots now was minnesota further below minnesota was 19 and 45 we were 21 and 45 so yeah we we went from being 20 and all right so yeah we would have still been a half game back but so we're in six yeah just looking at nba draft.net it looks like the Knicks are yeah sixth, and they have Tyrese Halliburton, the point guard, going to the Knicks. So, and every just, time, every time someone mentions NBA Draft dot net, I have to, I have to mention that's the greatest website ever because that's, that's why like I brought it up. That's like the that's like the go to if you're an NBA fan. That's like the go to NBA mock draft site, but it's just like not a good website. It's just it's not what the people should be looking at. It looks like a I would describe it as like an eighth grade tech ad project that got a B plus. <laughs> would you guys accept that as a fair description of the best yeah. mock draft site in the uh, available? I mean, that's just with like the NBA or the ESPN not pumping out their mock draft like right now. Because who's yeah. pumping out who's pumping out a mock draft like ten months before the, the draft? That's not a thing. I mean, I think so, now now it's a lot more common. I feel like. Uh, Tankathon has one like constantly, and then uh, I don't know if I don't know if uh, ESPN when they start theirs, but they have theirs and like, like, Ble- like Bleacher Report I think has had one for for some yeah. time, and the Ringer always has theirs. Kevin O'Connor does his, so 
they you know definitely it, have them. But yeah, NBA Draft on that, just like especially when we were like yeah. growing up, it was all there was in NBA Draft yeah. news. <laughs> and, and you're right, that was a good comparison, Greg. And it it, it reminds me of uh, when you're tr- trying to figure out the mock draft in like you know October, right right after. Uh, no, when when it's nowhere near the draft, it reminds me of a uh, BoJack Horseman, uh, the Halloween store in January, pretty much. <laughs> I think that's a fair comparison as well. Yeah, yeah that's pretty that's, good. That's good. I mean, we'll we'll take a closer look at all the prospects later, or not today, but later on throughout this summer prior to the draft, and figure out who Tyrese Halliburton is if we should love him. I know Kenny's got love for an, another Frenchman. There's Killian a Hayes. there's a uh, there's a uh, Israeli guy who is a shooter. You know, we need a shooter. We saw R.J. Barrett surrounded by non-shooters. And that brought down his efficiency and clogged the lane, and it hurt. But And it probably we'll s- kept him off of a lot of people's um, all-rookie team ballots. That, that was some news that I remember uh, came about this past week. I know like, – I think Mike Z- Berman called people out or something. Yeah, he Mark did, Berman. yeah, because I think Zach Lowe, among many others, had uh, didn't have R.J. Barrett – on their all-rookie ballots, which, you know... First or second team. First or second team. And saying he wasn't a top-ten rookie this year, uh, he definitely had his flaws. But especially if you're just looking at, like, raw numbers, which I know that's yeah. not that's not all that goes in. But I, I saw some stats where he was top five in points, assists, rebounds, steals. Like, every single category, yeah, he, he was up there. The counting stats were, I mean, even in, in Zach Lowe's article when he named his team, who he, he said, he said, you know, RJ Barrett is top five in all these counting stats, but it's the efficiency that did it. It's yeah, like, but that's, that's a team that's a team thing. To an extent, I mean, it is. Partially, but then you got him just shooting like 61% for the free throw line, so that's also like, you know, that's, that's thrown into his bag. But, I mean, he shot over 40% from the field, which is good for – for Anybody. a Knicks rookie, for, for a Knicks rookie, shooting yeah. shooting that amount of volume, like that's, I don't know, that 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 rubs me the wrong way. Like I mean, if, they, if you if you put him on a good team, like his, I feel like his efficiency would just obviously go up because who who's taking pressure off of him? Is it Julius Randle? I mean, well, it's it's a good question about like the role too, because like Barrett, his style of play is he's relatively ball dominant. Like he does need the ball in his hands. He's not getting a lot of attention off the ball you know defenders aren't sticking to him he's not creating a lot of space that way but you know his role on the Knicks was if not a primary offensive option he was like secondary or tertiary whereas a lot of these other rookies um, their roles just aren't as big they, they're able to contribute and kind of fit in where they're needed on these better teams and that makes them look good whereas like RJ Barrett you see all of his flaws on display but he also has a much heavier burden to carry, right? He's got a bigger load to carry. So that's why, you know, I kind of like to factor that in too and, and use that context because, you know, I, I don't think you can really make an argument that there were 10 rookies better than R.J. Barrett given all that. Yeah. And then not just not just looking at, like, his full season stats. We saw, like, individual game against the Rockets. We saw what he can do, what he can be going forward. So, I mean, if if – the voters didn't watch that one game in particular where you actually like saw who RJ Barrett is intended to be. I mean that's that shot him up the books for all of us, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, and I brought it up on, on last week's pod about like an offensive player comparison just in terms of how he could get his points and I, I mentioned Jimmy Butler. 
But uh, there's another guy who just yesterday dropped 50-plus points for the Pacers, and that's TJ Warren. And I know he started to take a few more three-pointers sprinkled in, but Barrett isn't, like, completely averse to taking threes. But, like, for the most part, Warren gets his buckets on, like, floaters and putbacks and transition, just like and just kind of weird herky-jerky stuff, like drives into the paint. And that's exactly what Barrett's going to have to do if he's going to be a, a strong, efficient offensive player is, is kind of like taking a page from from those guys books from tj warren and jimmy butler because those are two guys who aren't known as, as shooters but they still manage to to get buckets yeah that's fair and looking at tj warren's stats he averaged 14 and a half field goals per game field goal attempts per game and only 3.2 of those were threes and he ended up he's averaging 19.2 points this season so you know, that's, he shot a very good percentage from three. He shot 39% this year. He was shooting 40% last year. But, I mean, only on three, three shot, three three-point three attempts per game. So, you know, he's not a shooter. Yeah, he's in, not in today's a, a league, that's definitely shooter. small. Yeah. yeah, he's not a designated shooter, but he can shoot, which is good. So, R.J. Barrett needs to – I mean, we, we saw R.J. Barrett progressing as a shooter as well throughout the season. He started out very cold, and he was just getting better, so – and he he was injured at some point during this year, and when he came back, he was picking it up. So, you know, pandemic yeah, I also was unfortunate. Will say, I don't care about all rookie teams. Like I've never gone back and looked at like a second team all rookie and like had any feelings or opinions about that. That's not that important. I just think it was a little surprising that that Barrett was left off. But it's not something you really hang your hat on. Like rookie of the year is an impressive thing, but. And first team all rookie is something, but what wasn't like Willie Hernan Gomez second team all rookie one year? I think Hernan yeah, Gomez was, was, and then I think Langston Galloway was first team all rookie one year. Yeah, it's not like this stuff really matters that much, so I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna get too worked up about it. Like, doesn't matter. Like, not important. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask you guys. I'm looking at Zach Lowe's list right now. Like, is anyone taking like PJ Washington this season over RJ Barrett, Kobe White? Like so, Kobe White's actually like the perfect comparison to R.J. Barrett because he was just like pretty much just as inefficient, but and yeah. his, I think his stats were worse. Yeah, but well, I, I think his effect—he shot a little bit better from three. He shot thirty-nine point four percent from the field, thirty-five point four percent from three, and seventy-nine point one percent from free throw. So his effective field goal percentage was like three percentage points higher. I think it was forty-seven to forty-four or something like that. But like. Is anyone taking Kobe White over R.J. Barrett like this this past season? I mean, was was Kobe White? I mean, he was the point guard. Was he the the starting point guard there? I don't think he so. A, I think he was coming off the bench as well. Yeah, he started one game this season. Okay, oh, so he he was the starter. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess my only counterpoint would have been like Kobe White did have a comparable burden uh, on, uh, in terms of the offense, like actually initiating the offense. Um, some of the other guys, like P.J. Washington, I don't really know. I don't know who that is. I don't follow. P.J. Washington went to Kentucky. He was the best player on the team. He's on the Hornets now. He was. He had a great. He had a good year from three as well. Yeah. So. Wait, is he, he the yeah. the shorter guy? I think he's like a three. He's a three. Okay. He's a six seven. They have him listed as power forward. Number twelve pick. Twelve point two points. Five point four rebounds. Two point one assists. Shot 37.4% from three and 64.7% from the free throw line. Like, yeah, so I mean, all all these people are just like, 
not not objectively better than RJ Barrett. I think it's more like you play for the Knicks, so we don't want you to be on our team. I mean, all of these people are inefficient. Rookies in general are inefficient. I mean, RJ Barrett may have been a little bit more inefficient, but he wasn't like so drastically worse than all of these people. While yeah, I wonder if any of it has to do with like the hype around him or the the status of being like a third overall pick and maybe not living up to the, those expectations quite as much. I think that or has some, to be that has to be part of it. Yeah, because some of these other guys maybe were like pleasant surprises, and that kind of just leaves a better taste in your mouth when you're going. I don't know. Like to me, it's hard to make the argument that these guys are better than R.J. Barrett. But if you're expecting R.J. to be one thing and he doesn't really produce, then Maybe it's hard to look at that objectively. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I think Tom Tom is right to say that we shouldn't be that worried about it. But I'm a little offended. Like as a Knicks fan, I'm like, I saw RJ Barrett this year, and he's one of the, one of the bright spots. I know there was some some inefficient games in there and like some inefficient stretches, but uh, he he progressed throughout the season. He he became a better shooter. I think he was he shot better than we anticipated towards the end of the season. So. Like it's it's a little offensive to see some of these guys is like there's no chance like I would take them ahead of R.J. Barrett like sure give John Morant whatever like he's he's having a heck of a season and he's a guy I take ahead of R.J. Barrett but like some of these guys I I just don't know man yeah and like both of you have been kind of been saying I'll just say it explicitly like if we just move one of these guys and put him on the Knicks instead of R.J. Barrett this season, we would have had less fun watching this team play basketball. Without a doubt. And that person would have done worse than R.J. Barrett did. In almost every case. Like like anyone in this rookie class, like John Morant and Zion Williamson aside, like that's just – I'm sure there are probably a couple other guys, but for the most part. Why are you sure of that? We're not sure of that. No, I think like uh, Brandon uh, Clark, I think. I mean, I don't think Brandon Clark could do – RJ's role, but I think Brandon Clark was just like freakishly good this year. Yeah, and I mean that's also, like you said, being the difference between the number one option and being the three or four option with yeah, John Morant sure. and Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean the other people on this list, Kendrick Nunn, uh, he was he had a good year on the Heat. He scored well. Eric Pascal, Kenny's boy. These are just um, Zach Lowe's picks that Kenny was talking about before. So I mean Eric Pascal. He had a he had a very good year, but like, but the Warriors are legit the worst team yeah. ever, ever. Maybe they didn't even yeah, actually. They're like the process Sixers. But, just a, they just have Eric Pascal being their best player. So I guess he was like efficient on a terrible team, and and Barrett was just like inefficient on a terrible team. But I don't know. I I just personally think that the between the the responsibilities that he had in the offense and the just sheer volume and numbers he put up, I, I think that's a no-brainer. But yeah, I don't and know, I'll, I'll, I've kind of said that a few times now. I'll tell you guys, I am I'm probably one of the biggest Pascal fans out there. He's a he's a Villanova guy, and I was a I was a fan of him coming out. Uh, and I might have mentioned that in some some previous pod, like a, a year ago, pre-draft, maybe talking about a second-round pick. But like, there's no chance I'm taking Eric Pascal ahead of R.J. Barrett. Like even this last season, what what he did, like it's just not. I wouldn't do it. This is, this, this is kind of a dumb question. Are all rookie teams position-oriented, or is it just pick any 10? I think it's position-oriented. I think. I'm pretty sure. If that's the case, then like some of the, like you know, Barrett's obviously a guard, and that limits the number of spots to just strictly the guards. And we'd be, you know, we can't really make the Pascal-Barrett 
comparison, but I don't know if that's the case. So, yeah, for the Again, sake of just I mean, for, for rookie teams, yeah, I mean, what I don't even know what position we're going to call R.J. Barrett. Are we calling him a shooting guard, a forward? Guard? I mean, for this, for the sake of us just being angry, let's just complain about all the positions. You know, that's and he's so versatile. Right. You could put him anywhere. That's part of his value too. Yeah, all, exactly. I mean, also. Zach Lowe's like five isn't listed by position, so I, I also don't know the answer to this question. There you go. Sorry, but the, his def, all defensive team and all NBA teams are listed by position. So yeah, so rookies probably are not position oriented. So that so there we go. Yeah, so now we we have the right to be angry, as hmm. we were. I mean, I don't know that there was a ton more Knicks news this week, but the big news in the NBA was that the NBA is back. Which, I mean, back, only the only, only the top twenty-two teams made it, so the Knicks just missed out. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough, tough line to draw. But I think none of us wanted to watch the Knicks play these meaningless games. We um, talked about it today a little bit, but I would have rather watched the Knicks than that that uh, Wizards Wizards Nets game, which I did watch. <laughs> but it, it, I mean. Baz, he's a UConn guy. He he played uh, well in stretches, but like there are so many guys just not playing for those teams. It's yeah, I'm sure they don't want to be there crazy. either. Because <laughs> you got the Nets. I mean, everybody on the Nets was already injured, and then even more people were like either not participating or, or injured. And then the Wizards we mentioned when we were we were together that Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans, Davis, Davis, Davis Bertans. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. I was going to say Bertans, Bertans. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. I, either of those two names. <laughs> First name two. or last name. Yeah. So then they played against each other. So. I don't know. When you guys are watching these games, do you have any, like, Knicks-oriented agenda where you're like, oh, I hope Donovan Mitchell gets really pissed off at Rudy Gobert, like breaks up that tandem, demands a trade, anything yeah. like some, that? Some random guy on uh, – on Twitter, he has, he's a, he has a check mark, so maybe he's he's someone. But like going through his his timeline, I don't think so. But he said that uh, that Donovan's days in Utah are numbered, and then Kendrick Perkins was, responded and said something like, "Yeah, this is right." And I'm like, I don't know, I don't believe uh, either per- of you. Perk I, responded that. Yeah, I don't believe either of you. But I'll tell you, going back to your actual question, which I just completely ignored, um, I'm I'm kind of rooting against the Clippers just so they're they fall and we get a better draft pick but then I kind of want the Clippers to win the championship so I just want them to do worse during the the regular season and then better in the playoffs is that I do, do these current things affect the the playoffs or the the lottery they do or the draft order they do right probably but that makes sense to me they but also, really have know. to they should <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm not sh- entirely sure. I think they do. I would say yes would be my answer. I know there was some weird thing about something not affecting the draft order. I don't know yeah. if it was. I don't know what it was. So I'll I'll look that up while you guys talk. Well, it's funny you want the the Clippers to win the title. Like, uh, Greg, do you have a, a preference here? Like, who are you secretly rooting for? So I mean, my thing about rooting for people is that I just only root against people when I'm rooting for <laughs> for people to win the championship. It's so petty. So. I mean, I'm rooting. I don't want the Lakers or the, the Celtics to win the championship. I'm open to anybody else winning. And then, just like in football, I don't want the Patriots to win the championship, and I'm open to anyone else winning. 
like this year when the Chiefs played the the 49ers, I was rooting for the 49ers, but then the Chiefs won and it didn't affect me in any way. I was like, okay, okay, I'm okay with that as well. So to answer your question, I'm probably rooting for the Clippers as well. I'd be, I kind of, it'd be cool to see the Raptors repeat also. I guess they, they played the Lakers yesterday and they, they beat them by 15. So that, that'd be cool. They're, they're still legit, especially in the East. You could, you could see anybody coming out of there. Are the Bucks, are the Bucks legit? We're about to find out, I guess. Yeah. Raptors would be really cool to, to see them repeat. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a Clippers guy too. Like I just, I've liked Kawhi since his San Antonio days. Like, you used to be a San Antonio writer, didn't you? I did used to write for uh, for Pounding the Rock, the SB Nation blog for the Spurs, and I watched a lot of Kawhi games when I was doing it. And I just I liked his his two way game and his demeanor and everything. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's funny we all like the Clippers to an extent, but it's it's hard to dislike Kawhi if you're not from San Antonio. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm with you. The, like, if 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 Giannis like in the Bucks really flame out in the playoffs. Do you guys like care about that? Do you think that Giannis to the Knicks, obviously there's been a lot of rumbling about that and even like some, some jokes about that on Twitter, but does that even cross your guys' mind at any time during any of this? I really don't see it happening at all. Like I, I think something catastrophic would have to happen. And Greg knows I say this all the time, but like it's easy to walk away from someone else's money and, he is going to get a ridiculous amount of money from the Bucks, and to to walk away from that, I don't know if there's that that's something anyone would do, you know. Yeah, so super... what if the Knicks hired Jason Kidd? <laughs> <laughs> well, then we would yeah. have gotten him. That's the yeah. only thing stopping us from getting him. And I I also am I I do like the Bucks. I'd like to see. Uh, Giannis do well I don't I really don't think he's going to the Knicks so I'm, I'm okay rooting for him and I am a like I said with uh with Eric Paschal I'm a I'm a Villanova guy so Kyle Lowry and the and the Raptors I'll I'll root for them as well and just so you guys know the that one point that I that things were set in the lottery or in the draft is uh the lottery teams are set <clears throat> so even the teams who are in the bubble right now, if they don't make the playoffs, they're set based on where they were at the the stoppage. So there's no reason for anyone to tank. So what if what if like the Grizzlies don't make the playoffs? Then the whoever wherever they are on all of the teams that don't make the playoffs, wherever they were on oh, March eleventh, right. that's where they that's where they are in the the lottery odds. Okay, so they would still be they would get the 14th pick assuming they didn't win the lottery. Basically yeah. what you're saying to me. Yeah, exactly. All right. I mean, I don't know that we have much more to say. Anybody have any any other thoughts? There's not I mean that like I mentioned basketball's back and it's been good. Especially with the Knicks not playing, but <laughs> <laughs> there's been All right, so I think there were how many how many days in are we? 2 or 3? Really? This might be day 4. So I think the first, I feel like the first two days, there was all really good games. And then maybe yesterday was just all blowouts. And then today there was a couple blowouts. Or maybe, yeah. I think actually the Nets, the Nets-Wizards game was the only game I caught. And that was actually fairly close down to the end. But it wasn't a good game that I would encourage people to watch. But it's just like a lot of things where if you make a good first impression, you can, ha- you can kind of just coast off that for a while. 
and I feel like the, the NBA made a great first impression in that first game um, with the Jazz. Pelicans. Play, Pelicans, thank you. Yes, yeah, Zion and, and uh, Donovan Mitchell. Like, that was a lot of fun. It came down to the wire. Um, so, yeah. yeah like, then they followed that up with LeBron scoring the game-winning shot against the Clippers. So, that's that's, that's, that's as good as you're going to do to start to start <laughs> the bubble. So, yeah. You couldn't script it better. Yep. So good. We're, we're all glad basketball's back. Um, Knicks will be back again someday. And, Wait, before you know, before we go, do we want to do a deep dive into Tom's uh, high school stats, or do we want to save that for the next one? I think we could save that for another time. That would take too long. <laughs> Mike, yeah, just or, looking at the time here, we are we're pretty deep into this one. So yeah, Tom, let's, let's save those bad boys. <laughs> Tom had a lot of stats in high school. You guys can dream about those until we. We gave them to you, but until then, we call it teaser. Until then, have a good time. Go Knicks. Knicks tape.